This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome back to the garage. Welcome back to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined, as always, with buddy. That guy's my friend, Bob Castro. Hey, Dan. Great to be back in the garage. Call forward. Call forward. Not a call back. I don't get it. Call forward. You don't get it. Oh, because no, it's no, a call. Yep. You don't get it. Now, uh, now it checks out. I got it. I understand. I know where you're going with this. Uh, you do? Yep. I'm very excited about this episode, not just because big Weezer fan, big Blue fan, but because we have a very special guest. He is... The number one fuck boy. 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 John Gabris. Oh shit, Bob. Thank you. That was an <laughs> earnest tribute to me. What was that like to see somebody else do it? It I have having a hard time even looking at you just wearing those headphones. Because they're like a touch too bold they're for you. They're, they're like a touch too stylish. Dare I say a touch too urban for you to be wearing. <laughs> you do dare say that. There was to pull back the curtain right before the episode started. Bob was like, hey, let me introduce Gaber. So I was like, all right. <laughs> and little said- did I know, Bob's master plan was coming together. Excellent work. Well, as a... My as, urban friend, Bob Castro. As a frequent high and mighty listener i've heard him do that intro a million times and every time he then right after he does it he explains to the guest how weird it is to do it in front of somebody and get the reaction and everything so i was curious if anybody had ever done it to you no that would be the first time and it was weird i would say i would say it was definitely weird and i have to say yes uh john gabris actor writer host of the high and mighty podcast on our was it sister no 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 not sister brother Parent, parent. Stepfather. We're on the same network. Well, we're sister shows, but they're our parent network. Oh, parent. That's yes. what I was looking for. Boom. Yeah. Headgum. Sister network would be like if Headgum had like a network that they were friends with, that yes. they played softball right. against. That they were like kind of into, <laughs> but like they're yeah. They would scissor, to. but like not <laughs> penetrate. If you are um, one of the 10 million uh, listeners to each episode of our podcast, <laughs> You should be thankful to John Gabris because oh, yeah. uh, this show is not existing in this forum on HeadGum. Probably not at all. Let's be honest. If Gabris doesn't hook us up and be, he's on HeadGum, we say, Johnny boy, can you help us out? Uh, <laughs> and I say we got a pod. proven podcast talent, Dan, and some guy named Bob. This podcast <laughs> should work perfectly. Bob's got the headphones. He doesn't need new headphones. Bob has urban headphones. <laughs> And um, Bob looks like a hamster in a Kia commercial. <laughs> we should be ready to go. <laughs> and one more note on the uh, number one fuckboy intro. It's brilliant on uh, like seven levels. But the thing that puts it over the top is that you set anybody at ease when you're screaming that you're the number one fuckboy. Immediately, there's no way the person's going to be like nervous anymore because right. you're yelling how you're the number one fuckboy. It's like, oh, everything is kind of chill here. Oh, I've never even thought of that. Yeah, there's it's subversive. That's what it is. Oh, it's because that is like, I think you just maybe pinpointed like a major part of my personality because I'm allowed to kind of say and do whatever I want around people and no one ever really gets that upset with me. Right. At least not to my face. Um, and maybe it's because I like lay such groundwork that I'm garbage. That it's like, <laughs> if I was like to make fun of you or bust your balls, you're like, yeah, but look at this fucking guy <laughs> screaming, I'm the number one fuck boys, 35. <laughs> We've distilled what makes John Gabers great within four minutes. All right. We're, we're well, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm at John Gabers on Twitter. 
Uh, I do disagree with that, though, because I, I did used to work with you, and I have seen people get mad at you. Oh, so yeah. Well, is... that's, I mean, if we're talking to professionals, oh, yeah, 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 that different. makes complete sense. I'm terrible. We used to work together <laughs> on uh, Best Week Ever. John was a, you're a PA, right? Yeah, I was a PA, and yes. I got passed over for the AP promotion, and I quit. Yes. And I got passed over, deservingly so, because I didn't want to do the PA job. But I also hated that place because they were all so, like, I was funny. I will cop to saying I was funny. I mean, the reason I'm friends with still with guys like you, DeLuca, Kevin Marr, and all them is because we were all funny, and I connected with you guys who were getting paid to be funny, and I was getting paid to fucking transcribe Chuck Nice interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck Nice subtweet right there. Well, I like Chuck, but future guest of the (laughs) throwback podcast. (laughs) I forgot about Chuck Nice. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I have not seen or heard from that man (laughs) since 2007 on Channel 41 on my local cable Yeah, I feel like he's hosting a daytime show. He's like one of six guys or something like that um all right so here we go john gabers is here and we're going to talk about this for the first time ever on this podcast we're going to run an artist back and you know i mean you fucking know if you, if you clicked on it you know this is weezer again yeah we're doing the blue album we did pinkerton with uh, other nerds with other nerds <laughs> it was a nerd fest the first time with jacob and amir and now it's with gabris uh, we're going to talk the first Weezer album, the Blue album. How exciting, John. This means a lot to you, this album, doesn't it? Yeah, you, you call it the first Weezer album, and I think maybe, to me, it might be the first album, period. Because <laughs> I think it maybe was the first, the first thing, the first piece of music I was ever given that really connected to me was my mom's, my grandpa's neighbor were, was playing Queen at their house one day. And I was like, I love this song. That's the song from Wayne's World. And my grandpa's neighbor was like, let me make you a tape. You're going to love their other stuff. And I got Killer Queen on one side of a cassette and Classic Queen. Those two, the Maroon and the Blue Uh, Greatest Hits albums. I got that on a tape and I played both sides through and through every day for my entire life. Like, I fucking love Queen. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. But when I was like 12 or 13, and Bob will tell the dates eventually and really solidify this response, I got the Blue Album as like my first purchased CD. I remember a friend of like I got it and I was like, uh, this is that Buddy Holly band. Haha. <laughs> like I bought a CD and then I played it and I was like, I'm obsessed with every fucking song on this album. That is a great first CD. It's like, a great and it, it really pinpoint pinpoints how old I am and what color my skin is. <laughs> like, yeah, it really, yeah. really ge- I'm born in the early eighties and I'm white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. There you go. Like that, that's that like locks it down. That like like I like most thirty three to thirty seven year olds, Weezer was huge in your life and then let you down. Weezer and Star Wars ran a pretty oh, a wild parallel, except Star Wars is arguably making a comeback. Well I I would say that Weezer's kind of making a comeback I too. don't I might I don't mind that new album. I think it kind of the parallel works pretty well. I just read a Rivers Cuomo art uh interview where Oh there's a great way to start to hate Weezer. Yeah he he <laughs> he's fascinating there's if you if and and we'll get into it but he actually to this day now he's like a 47 year old man or whatever and you would think that at this point he doesn't really give a shit if you listen to it or not like we're putting this music out we're gonna tour he said that he studies um where weezer ranks in spotify's most popular bands like he checks it every day to see where they are and he's like right now we're 341 which is pretty good but i think we could be better it's like what what do you river still rivers you're you like think that invested in yeah. it yeah do you know who kendrick lamar is <laughs> <laughs> um all right so the weezer blue album so yeah we did the set was it the third episode we ever did bob or the second 
something, something like that. Yeah. Uh, we did Pinkerton, which was 96. Uh, and it was the much maligned at the time. And then it became a, like a cult classic. Uh, the first album came out. Let's guess. What year was it, John Gabrus? My guess would be based on when I got into it would be 94, 94, right? 94. We, are going back, it, we are going back to 1994. All right. Yes. What was going on when the Blue Album, actually it was untitled. Yes. It was just, just Weezer. called Weezer. Weezer. Yeah, self-titled. Self-titled and then became known as the Blue Album. When was it, Bob? May 1994. Do you want to know what else was happening in May 1994, guys? Besides me brewing up for the summer of my life at 4-H camp in Riverhead, Long Island. <laughs> that was it. Up. That's all yeah. I have on my list. What what defines brewing up? I, I mean, think I, I'm not positive. Masturbation. I, I think that summer was the summer I accidentally set my school on fire. I set my Wait, playground what? on fire. <laughs> really? And then I went to camp for uh, seven days. And when I came back, like I had, I set my entire playground on fire the night before I left for summer camp. That's a great way to go out. On purpose I, or? We were putting... Setting things on fire and then putting it out as twelve-year-old boys are wont to do. Right. Uh, heads up, as two guys, uh, two uh, yeah. fathers of young boys. Yep. Um, twelve-year-olds like to set fires. Arson uh, practice. I. Call oh it. yeah, we were fucking lighting <laughs> shit up, and then I couldn't put something out, and then uh, like people were coming out of their backyards with hoses trying to stop it. I had to call the fire department. I got brought home in a cop car. My oh, mom Jesus. and dad wasn't home. I woke up the next morning, drove to summer camp. My dad didn't talk to me. My my mom my mom's friend drove me out there. I came back. I was so tired. I slept like one full day, and I was just trying to avoid my dad. And then he came and woke me up. He's like, "Get in the car," and he made sta- made me stand and look at Sawmill Road Elementary School field, just staring at it. Burned all the way, all burned. Like no school got touched. No other people's yards got touched. But I set all the grass. The ba- like acreage went up. Yeah, like two baseball fields, a soccer field. Like no. Just, the grass was all dry because it was the summer, and I just set it all on fire, and my dad's like, look what you did. And was I'm just it in sti- the newspaper? No, because it wasn't like- you made Long Island slightly uglier. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, from the grass rose like a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so there you go. But what else was happening besides <laughs> me stealing lighters from CVS and, and then setting Disappointing fires? your father endlessly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That would only stop once my dad died. <laughs> How about this for a segue? That was also the month that comedian Bobcat Goldthwait set fire to the couch of The Tonight Show. What? What? It How about that? Together, guys. It all ties together. <laughs> Cosmically, <laughs> you were connected. You and Bobcat connected. Always have been. <laughs> Wait, which show was it? The Tonight Show. He, he came on. All right. I, I remember this happening, and he got like he was kind of trying to be crazy, and he lit the couch on fire. Uh, and then later that month, he got charged for doing it. And it was like a whole thing. Oh, the 90s were so stupid. 90s were stupid. Also, man, in the man. 90s. <laughs> that, that would be the good old days if you were revealed from about a celebrity now that they lit a couch on right, fire exactly. once. It would be yeah, like, what's that a metaphor for? <laughs> I can't even bring up what we were talking about before the show, but it, in light of recent news in Hollywood, like it, it, what's going on? It rhymes with Jet Latner. <laughs> <laughs> also in May. Bob's like, change the subject. I have a career to tend to. <laughs> I I love Rush Hour. <laughs> also in May, Pearl Jam filed a complaint against Ticketmaster. Yes. That was yeah, the, that's they, where it all they began. They took on Ticketmaster. They lost, by the way. I love in the mid-90s when bands were, <laughs> or maybe it was mid to late 90s, bands were going after corporations. Like, can and you just be rock just bands, rock. please? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah that, that I respected it because I respected Ticketmaster it. is evil. But right. then the problem was, is that there was no like real method um, to like, 
get out uh, for an arena show? How do you sell tickets if you don't go through? Corporations, man, they're evil. Yeah, man. Tentacles, was, man. Okay, so there was a lot that happened this month. So I'm just going to throw out a few things if you want to talk about any of them right now. Um, on May 26th, Michael Jackson wed Lisa Marie Presley. The Eagles launched the Hell Freezes Over Tour. Uh, Mark Messier scored a hat trick for the Rangers to get to the in the Eastern Conference Finals. John Wayne Gacy died. Jacqueline Kennedy, Jacqueline Onassis, Kennedy, Kennedy Onassis. I don't know. She died too. And uh, Kennedy thank, Onassis. Thank yeah, God. Kennedy Onassis. Thank fucking God. <laughs> And a bunch of movies came out. Dude, 1994. It was a jam-packed year. Was well, the you, best year. You say the Rangers, Mark Messier scored a hat trick, but more importantly, 94 was, remember, 1940. Were you an Islanders or a Rangers oh, fan? Oh, I'm a Rangers fan. Oh, right. So, yeah. I'm an Islanders fan. That's why that made the list of other right. things. Yeah. Like 1940 became, the, they squared the little 94 off because yeah. it was like, that was their big deal post-dynasty. That I, they, got a, they got one. And yeah. if Bob, if you're not going to pound the tail for Messier in this spot, I will, even as a non-hockey fan, really. He guaranteed they'd win that game the day before yes. and then scored a hat trick. Jesus, and I remember that now. that forced game seven, and then Stefan Matteau yes, won in wow. over, double overtime to send them to the cup finals I where am- they beat. The Vancouver Canucks in seven games. I Holy have, shit! I have a full-on erection from that. I this guy no- knows two sports, <laughs> dude. That was a big deal. Like, no, even if you biggest. weren't a hockey fan, if you were a fourteen-year-old boy, you got way sucked into the Rangers that year. The Knicks were in the finals. It was a fucking crazy year. I am year. so attracted to you right now. Oh that was the greatest. Yeah, thing I'm ever. hard as fuck, and I'm a, <laughs> and I'm an Islanders fan. <laughs> what else, Bob? Well, uh, real quick, movies that came out: The Crow, Beverly Hills Cop Three. And oh, that was such a shitty movie, but kind of fun movie. to watch. And I had to pick one line from this movie. This movie premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. Ah, that. Do you know what they call that in uh, France? <laughs> yeah. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Oh, I thought that was Don't Be a Menace, the South Central. Did is really? Ma- Marcellus no. Wallace. A bit, that's the most like, racist <laughs> That was thing. the most racist I thought it was Juice. Marcellus Wallace a bitch. 94. Great year. Because the year. 90s kind of get shit on for music and movies and stuff like that. I feel I, I feel like as a kid who, as a person who grew, that's it my shouldn't. pop culture reference. And it shouldn't to you guys either based on other episodes of your podcast and right, no. albums you've covered. We, we clearly feel pretty good about the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, what gets the most shit though from 94? Because it was the most in terms of pure popularity and then award winning and all that. Um, Pulp Fiction, uh, not Pulp Fiction. Sorry, Forrest Gump came out in '94. Has aged terribly in terms of like popular culture. Now people think it's like terrible, corny, and corny. Yeah, right. The only woman in the and movie the is punished for being sexually free. She gets AIDS. <laughs> like, yeah, if you look at a movie from that point of view, it's like the yeah, the, yeah. the woman who is in love with a retarded man <laughs> does one thing like sexual freedom wise, and then is punished with HIV. Yeah. And the retard gets to go. I'm sorry to throw around this word, <laughs> but no, he gets to go. It's the 90s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were saying this. He gets to go through life doing whatever he wants and make millions of dollars and every becomes super famous. <laughs> a woman fucks one guy at a party. <laughs> She gets AIDS, AIDS and dies. She didn't get HIV. It was like straight to AIDS. Yeah. They're like, I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to coin the term full-blown now, Jenny. Thanks to you. I'm dying, Forrest. Jenny and I were like peas and carrots. Uh, AZT and peas and carrots. Bad month for Robin Wright Penn. Us talking about this and everything else. 
Not a great month for her. Oh, God, I know. She's all right. Between the shit with House of Cards and us talking I about Forrest Gump Equal. on this podcast. Equal. Uh, finally, we just put 2,000 people in Maryland out of business. You have, a, now that there's a, you have a platform here. Again, 12 million listeners per episode. Uh, do you have anything to say about your place in the industry right now? John Gabers. <laughs> you mean you want me to talk about the women I've sexually assaulted? I just, I'm opening the floor to you. Are you okay? Look, so, I've I've said some things. <laughs> but they're just they're characters. I play a character named a character. John Gabrus. That won't save you, son. <laughs> I play a character named John Gabrus who has a police record. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the number one song in May 1994 was this. Mm, 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 mm. Instantly recognizable. Sweden, Sweden, Sweden. Yeah, this. I feel like I'm at the roller rink in Montvale. Oh yeah, this couple skate. Yeah, going I feel like I'm at the Newbridge Road uh, ice skating rink, trying oh, yes. to fucking kiss da- uh, the hot girl, hot biracial chick Danielle. <laughs> a lot of skating too. The yeah, to Ace of Base. <laughs> makes sense somehow. This is the sign by Ace of Base. Did someone tell me like way later that this song is actually about surprisingly about something like kind of fucked up and edgy? So is this like a song that's like secretly about like abortion or genocide or something? <laughs> genocide? This would be the <laughs> happiest genocide song. I know. Ever. I feel like someone maybe I'm mixing this up with another song where someone's like, you know, that song's actually about blank, you know, or I is hope- this about uh, coming out of the closet? I feel like that would have been a little heavy for 94. Yeah, for a Swedish disco band. I thought that I heard somewhat recently, this is irresponsible, so I'll just say maybe I heard this, and it's allegedly on top of that, is that there was some type of Nazi ties that were eventually revealed with one of the dudes. Remember there was one dude in the band that definitely looked like a bad guy from the Die Hard with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh yeah, uh, na- like, Nazi he Bill. Like a total neo-Nazi. Yeah, Nazi Bill. That's what they call them. <laughs> he was definitely a Nazi. Um, the whole Ace of Base thing, uh, and Gabrus, you're two years younger than Bob and I. Like they were inescapable at any dance, but also like parties and yeah. stuff. They had three straight hits: "All That She Wants." This song, and then don't turn around. Yeah, they were all kind of like the same song. Massive hits. And yeah, they basically cleared out '94. It was just like yeah, they wrapped the it biggest up. Biggest pop hits, one after the other. It was like outrageous. That's why it's always crazy to hear a song like that and be like, "This was the number one song in America when this album came out," and just like changed music for us <laughs> so like that was what we had to listen to <laughs> right and right. then like that's Wait, why you, t- that's how you get into offspring can i just exactly. say like that's how that this band is how uh, kids get into offspring yeah can i just say though like all due respect speak for yourself i stand by that song i think that's an awesome pop song i'm all in on the signs still to this day there's been worse pop songs i, I don't oh, i'm not yeah. i'm not faulting ace of bass i'm just saying I feel like you just faulted Ace of Base. I would bro. never fault. And you know, you Ace never fault Ace of Base no. in this garage. When we became friends in 1993, <laughs> we agreed that day we would never fault Ace of Base. That's one of our things. <laughs> that's hey, that's a good proclamation to make. <laughs> Blood Brothers, yes, and also never fault Ace of Base. What was that, Bob? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> um, all right, so here we go. The Weezer Blue album, which starts off with a fucking bang. Let's listen. Thanks for all you shown us. This is how we feel. Come sit next to me, pour yourself some tea. Just like Grandma made when couldn't bite me. Things were better then. 
play the whole song. And it's I mean, yeah. We're going to get sued anyway, so we might as well. <laughs> oh, did you know, by the way, why we're okay, if you're curious? Because how are they allowed use, to do this? Because it's fair use because you're no. talking about it? Nope. Because not enough people listen to it? <laughs> nope. Dude, 12 million. 14 12 to 14 million. million people. Now it's 14. Four, 12 million in key demos, 14 million overall. Right, right, overall. <laughs> the reason why we can play this music, our partnership with our parent group, HeadGum, they absorb yep. any litigation. Yeah, Jake and Amir were like, we got this, guys. I mean, they didn't actually say that. Like, no one's actually like... told us this, but we're all working under the general assumption any litigation. I went over absorbed. there the other day, and Jeffrey the intern had a stack of manila folders and was sweating as Jake and Amir were running through papers with little green fucking visors on. This this is a great opening song. This is the number one number one track of the nineties. I would now if you want to go. Wow, I'll go, that's bold, Bob. I'm I'll it. go. I'll go one step further. The number one track of uh, the number one, the number one, number one track with the number one opening 15 seconds. I know, song. and I, I feel like we it, botched it by talking over it because the way that this album kicks off is perfect. When, if you've seen these guys live, which I have a, over f- between five and ten times. I guess that because you're wearing a Weezer hat that's actually covered in asbestos. Yeah. This so is, I know I, it's got some mileage This to helped it. me paint. I wore this when I helped my uncle paint a house that he was remodeling. Uh, this brag. Weezer hat is a flex fit, uh, <laughs> lesser known, um, and on the underside is written 92901, which is when they played Jones Beach with Dashboard Confession. Wow. Yeah, I believe. Maybe no. Maybe they played uh, uh, Jones Beach in 03 with Dashboard, but I saw they played Jones yeah. Beach in 01. This is not even my hat. I took this from my friend's little brother. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a Weezer fan. Let me wear your hat, man. And I took it and I just kept it. And this hat is 16 years old. I like how your story thematically tied to My Name is Jonas with the workers are coming home and the little brother. It all worked. Thank you for that. Whenever I see your hat, I just think to myself, total 928 hat. Yeah, I know. Well, it was the week before. Where were you on 928? (laughs) Yeah, that's what everyone always talks about is like September 29th, 01 is the biggest date to happen in September 01. It's like, uh, where were you? Wontog? Rocking the G up. is silent. It's Wanta. Oh. It's Wanta, I guess. If you is that true? It's Wanta. See, yeah, I don't think I've ever said it right. Up in New York, yeah. um, I always called it Wantog, and now I got to. You know how you find out whether you're pronouncing Wantog uh, properly? Talk to the guy with the Long Island tattoo on his bicep. Yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> right here is Jones Beach Amphitheater. There, there you go. That's so it's Wanta. This all happens. Wanta. Yeah, Wanta. Wanta. However right. you want to say. It. All right. Wanta. Wanta. Uh, <laughs> Look, I know it's like a bold thing to say, the number one, number one track, because somebody's going to be like, oh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah, you're wrong. That's the number no, one, no. number one. You That's can, a great. You can put Smells Like Teen Spirit anywhere on that album and it fits. My Name is Jonas is a number one track. Like that doesn't fit anywhere else on the album. It like, builds it fast, builds, but it builds. The way like that, that it yeah. starts the album is perfect. I am not fighting you on this on some For- level because it's a great, great song. But you couldn't be more wrong because as great as uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit is, what makes it even better is that it starts with the guitar riff and then the cymbals and Dave Grohl crashing in. And it's like, that's the whole thing about Nirvana is like with one intro is like all that shitty like Cinderella and Motley Crue and all that bullshit was kind of wiped away with that. It was like the ultimate track one. Right, but that's what I was just about to say is that my name is Jonas not being a a single single. and being all... Like, Smells Like Teen Spirit is a great song overall. Okay, you know what? I'll asterisk it. Best 
number one track that's not a single. All right, die Ooh, on that meh, hill, guy. Meh, meh, welcome. Meh. Oh, best number one track that's not a single. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll put a little asterisk. No, there I mean, for you. that's a pretty big asterisk. Um, yeah, but that's that's kind of what I thought. It's yeah. like obviously, if you have your fucking banger as your number one, that makes sense. Like, right. Yeah, but this is a song that never. It, it's, it's great. They song. play it live every time I see it, and it destroys. It crushes, yeah. and like. Everyone's screaming the workers are like that shit fucking works. Yeah. And I should give the big caveat. I'll talk over this too. Uh, The big caveat is that I'm terrible with song lyrics, rhythm. I I don't have an ear for anything musical. Right. I could memorize movies by accident. But music, even this is my favorite band. I've listened to this album a thousand times. I've seen them live a hundred times. I cannot fucking remember lyrics to songs, period. That's interesting because you have like part of your job is memorizing lines. Right. Yeah. When you're acting. I know. And I'm not good at that either. No, <laughs> to obviously. be fair, you worked with me. Um, <laughs> hold that thought because I, I have a similar point of that, but let's listen to no one else. Track two on the blue eye. I can't believe I'm the only guy not wearing shorts tonight. If I knew it was a shorts party tonight, I fucking love wearing shorts, bro. <laughs> Dude, I'm a shorts guy. Put my mesh shorts on and I'm flying. I'm in the onion wearing sandals and shorts and it says, got, uh, fat guy from local college <laughs> decides to wear shorts and sandals all year long. My picture's no. used for that. I think I'm that's not. when I realized you were a comedian because we were working together, I think, when that happened. Yeah. And you were like, I, I think you called me in the office You're into, your, into the little dot .tv office you guys were running over there. I could take this. Yeah, it's yours. Yeah, and I was like, you were like, are you in The Onion? I was like, yeah, I have some friends that work there. I, you know, that is, I had no idea. I'm fascinated. The Onion's one of my favorite things that has ever existed. And I've always wondered, the people behind the photos... Like, my favorite is, like, man, like, confounded by buffet line. Yeah. It's my favorite. Oh, and it's, like, a perfect. guy just standing completely <laughs> yeah, you know, confused. So How do you get into the onion, the photo? Like, who can't take me through all the steps? <laughs> I knew a guy who worked Every there. step. Like, I had a bunch of friends that wrote there coming up through UCB. And then they were like, we need a fat guy who's willing to be called fat in the headline. And someone recommended me to... This dude who's now like a, a, a producer or art director, he's doing a lot of shit. His name's Nick Gallo. Uh, Nick Gallo recommended, he was the photographer at the time for uh, Onion. He's like, we went to fucking like uh, fu- a random park in New York near the Onion office. We just fired off like 50 it's pictures amazing. and I got paid like 100 bucks. It was great. But I also found someone using that as a, uh, uh, d- oh, there it is. Oh, it just pop pulled up. it up. Little yeah. blocker. Here we Wait, go. Yeah, we can read the headline. Overweight college student announces plans to wear short sandals for rest of year. <laughs> there I am. Someone used that as a picture on GayMatch.com. Is that, uh, is that <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, Wait, some, is that Tompkins Square Park? That's something to be proud of. What's the one that's kind of near, closer to Astor Place? Is there a park over there? It's very small. I don't think it's Tompkins. No, yeah, that's yeah. Tompkins. Um, I don't remember what it was. We I, give I'm a big shorts guy. When Bob yeah. came in, I I left my house. I said to my wife, "I'm like, how crazy is this? I'm wearing sh- like I'm wearing." Short cut off sweatshorts I'm like I'm wearing this She's like go ahead Wear whatever you want You weren't home yet Bob comes next Bob shows up in mesh shorts And hoodie I'm like And a backwards hat I'm like We are grown men We are adults And then your wife Your wife happens to go Well Dan put on pants To go to the store Yeah so fuck (laughs) you Fuck you for trying to Short shame us When you only put on pants To go to the store No he put Gabriel help me out with this Short envy He was throwing out shorts If I knew 
Oh, I was getting a beer. I thought he was if being sarcastic. If I knew that no, you no, guys no. are all wearing shorts, Daddy would have been wearing shorts. No, the way your wife conveyed it was nice. like more like uh, Dan's pissed. You have to put pants on and go back into the world. <laughs> the garage is a safe space here on the Throwback Podcast, Gabers. Anyway, we should give a little love to no one else. It's a fun pop song. Um, another non-single, but a nice. All of a sudden, I'm thinking. Imagine listening to this album for the first time. It's like, wow, I'm having fun listening to this album. Especially in 1994, coming on the heels of like grunge music. Grungy, kind and, of depressing. Yeah. And I think that's what my friends were really into. I didn't love Pearl Jam, but people were very... Was Pearl Jam around this time? Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, I, was, yeah. I loved Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam was like... There's a couple of bands that never hit for me that they hit for... Like, Pearl Jam and U2 never hit me the way they hit everyone else. Like, I rec- like there's it's like one of those things where I'm like, I recognize that those are good, right. but they don't affect me in any way. And Weezer was like, just as... I guess the thing that would eventually get me turned on to hip-hop big time, too, was like, Weezer's a little funny and like a yeah. little like subversive. Well, and that right. would eventually get me way too into hip-hop. Because I turn it turns out I'm comedy before anything else is like my well, my fandom. And this song I loved for so long and I loved it. And then my wife is a big Weezer fan too. We kind of, uh, I met her because she was the hot girl in my com principals class wearing a Weezer t-shirt the first time I wow. met her. Wow. And a studded black belt and Chuck Taylor's Wait a second. with pigtails. On a fucking chick, Yo, is, dude. Is Get her in the garage. Wait, is this still single? She's a manic pixie dream girl before I even knew what that phrase meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fell in love with this girl, and now do she's my wife. you think she still loves you at this point? Oh, God, no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she loved me then. But how does she feel about Weezer now? <laughs> yeah. Well, probably similar to how she yeah. feels about me. Used to be great. Um Peaked but this song, 90s. she pointed out that the lyrics in this song are so terribly misogynistic and right. fucked up. Now, when you look back on it, yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, I want to yeah. go to for no one else. Yeah, and no, I puts her when I'm out of town. She puts her makeup on the shelf. This is like the overboard of uh, songs where you're like, I really enjoyed this. Then when you rewatch the movie Overboard with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, just oh, okay, recently it. rewatched it, dude. He like rapes her, kidnaps her, gaslights her. <laughs> like the whole movie is like. The husband fucking foregoes her. She's thrown off a boat. Like, everything about the movie is like, they all lie to this woman. He fucks her. <laughs> the movie is a romantic comedy. And then when you watch it again, you're like, holy shit. What is happening? That is, I had a similar experience when I revisited 50 First Dates. Oh, Sandler yeah. and Barrymore. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's a fucking mental torture he put upon that woman <laughs> that has a major brain disorder. Um, anyway, uh, here's track three. The world has turned and left me here. So as much as this is like 1994, this was also somehow, I think, the song, the album I listened to the most my freshman year of college. I think that's true for everyone. Because I just re- I just like met other Weezer fans in 1998, and we just played this all the time. And I remember we had a buddy named Liar Steve who could play the guitar, and this was the song that he would play. And we would just like sit around and singing the song. Well, now, since you describe them as Liar Steve, you're forcing us to ask you... Why was he liar, Steve? He was a pathological liar. That's like, like my childhood best friend is a pathological yeah. liar. He's like famous for like, you didn't see that movie. No. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> like, what, <laughs> like, what would he lie about? Anything. Like the first example. Day, give us from levels of like from harmless to yeah, like from harmless to, to like you're like, fucking I remember the first day of college. He had a poster in his room that you could go buy at like Spencer's at the mall. And I was like, oh, cool poster. And he was like, yeah, I designed that. 
and meet on. You're like, oh, you designed the positions of the astrological <laughs> signs in crushed velvet <laughs> black light. Yeah, you're you're the guy that took that Dave Matthews photo of him holding the white guitar. Gu- uh, beer That's helping white posted. guys dance since 1838. Yeah, and he would just have like lies about everything. Like, I mean, some of them would be absurd. Like, he was like a professional motocross rider before he went to college. Oh. Uh, he told us his middle name. Oh, this is the weirdest one. He told us his middle name was Canyon. Like it was Stephen C. Oh God, I probably shouldn't have said that. His middle name we was. Could, we could bleep it. Out. The C was for uh, Canyon, and that was his middle name. And then, like months later, I met a friend of his from high school, and he was like, "Oh no, that's his middle name is like Charles." <laughs> he told us his nickname was Canyon because he fell into a canyon one day and survived. Like, oh my God, yeah, so People he, ha- fucking, he hated himself. Hated himself. Yeah. Now he's now we definitely have to believe it. Now out. he's in politics, probably. <laughs> yeah. But um, he would play this on the guitar, and I just remember sitting around singing it, and I still love the song. This song, uh, the Blue Album, is one of those albums where you're like, you can listen to it for, I guess, like I did over a decade, and tri- like every time you listen to it, you're like, this is low key the best song on this album. Mm-hmm. You can say that about so. You're like, no, actually, Holiday yep. is fire. It's, and it's then one you're of those like, where, yeah. like every song becomes your favorite song at some point, and then you can't listen to it anymore because you listen to it too much. Yeah, so I did that to Surf Wax America right after I did, but <laughs> yeah. Um, and oh fuck, I'm just like fry. Talk about, I was a huge fan of Weezer, this album, when it came out. And then in 99, maybe this was 2000, the summer before I went to college, I worked at Jones Beach as a lifeguard, and rookies get put at shitty positions unless you're like a top-notch swimmer. And I was working at Hexer State Park. What was your swimming ability, 1 to 10? Uh, I was like a 7. I was like a profession. I was eventually a professional swimmer. I was captain of my high school swim team, but mm, still not a sexy. fucking real stud. I've always got, I had a sub-minute like hundred real, free. I've always gotten like a big Michael Phelps vibe from you. Yeah, so is it the, the weed and giant feet? <laughs> Wait, you were the captain of your swim team? I was the captain of my high school swim team, a co-captain with a cup with another dude, with 25 guys. <laughs> with two of the other That's guys. That's really impressive. Yeah, uh, it's not. It, Did it's you really, have like a Phelpsian like, uh, swimmer's body at that point? No, I was not. I was fat even then. I'm, is, I was, call, I was called the fat then. Fat but hairless. Yeah, so that yeah, helps. That's you. a like huge a thing. Yeah. Uh, Wait, that's real. You I was are fat then, and I was I would kill to be. People called me fat every day then, and I would kill to look like that. Now. <laughs> like, isn't that the funniest thing? Is like I look. Someone showed me a picture of me one time when I was young, and I was like, oh god. And my best friend, the, uh, the aforementioned Sanford, who I have a great Weezer story about. He I who's go, white? Who's white? I go, oh my god, that is. I look fucking crazy, and he's like, "We called you fat then, dude." No, we. And I, I was like, "Oh, I'm like 150 pounds." My uh, my colleague and buddy Damashek, Dave Damashek, he has a theory that is perfect and it checks out, which is, uh, think about in the Facebook era, like all the times in the last ten years where there was a picture that you didn't like. And then you re- revisit it three years later, and you're like, "Damn, I look I look I good wish in that I picture," like that, yeah. and it like it is so crushing to realize that because your your degeneration is happening, and it's like you're able to track. Oh, you used to hate yourself how you looked then, and then three years later, you love the way you looked in that picture. It's, uh, it's getting dark. I, I can't getting remember real. where I saw it, but it was like life is basically just you like fighting the inevitable. And then at a certain point, looking in the mirror and being like, "Okay, that's what I look like now." Like, <laughs> that's yeah, kind of don't rewatch is. Six Feet Under. That I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, and then we would drive. We'd have to drive out to Hexer State Park, which is the end of the Southern State. Me and my buddy, whose nickname was uh, 
the Debola virus. <laughs> don't, have, don't have to get into why he got that nickname now that nope. he's like a... Well, um, he's dead. Yeah. 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 Um, we would blast this album start to finish because it was the... Ro- this is an album, by the way. What is it? What's the runtime on this? 40 minutes? Probably 40 minutes. It's like yeah. our podcast about this al- album will be triple the time of the album. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did a podcast about the movie 48 <laughs> Hours that was two minutes longer than the movie 48 Hours. Uh, so... I but we would blast this album, Windows Down, and my friend's blazer. Uh, we would drive out to Hexer State Park where we were lifeguards, which is the end of the southern state. And no one really pulled over, pulled us over. So we'd go like, both of our cars' speedometers only went to 85. And we would just drive the whole time <laughs> rattling around 85. And my buddy had a giant blazer. And we were just fucking racing down the highway one time. And all of a sudden, something just... Pah! Like a loud noise, and we fucking no. we're blasting fucking uh, Weezer. We like loud noise. We like swerve a little bit, gain control, and there's just a smear of blood and feathers on the fucking windshield. Oh, we're like, God. maybe we should drive slower, dude. There, you know, you, you have a shitty car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Costume. Yeah, kill a Native American. <laughs> I curse you, Thiener. Thiener. I wish of all the curses, he was like you, yeah, Gunt. <laughs> no, this be, is as good as it gets. This is how you know. Uh, you're on the right pa- podcast, uh, Gabrus, because we've already talked about thinner. On Not this the podcast. first thinner reference. <laughs> All right, here thinner. we go. Let's move on. Uh, track four is arguably the most popular Weezer song. Let's listen. No, to it. play it. Yes, it's the most popular. It's their first single. Bob, shut the fuck it's up. It's not this their most the mo- popular song. Hey, Bob, it is now. Literally, go to hell, Bob. <laughs> Wait a minute, Bob. Fuck you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. <laughs> Yeah, Buddy Holly. At the fear of coming across as unknowledgeable, this was a like game-changing music video too, right? Oh, one of the best. Yes, yes. Like best this was like people were, people yeah. were like, "Holy shit, you could do some wild shit with music videos." This was this, the Forrest Gump of music videos. Yes, right. It this really was. was. Forrest Gump. Is that, and it, 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 it has air. aged better. <laughs> it, it really has. Well, no. And only only the bass player got AIDS. Look, the bass player got AIDS. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you rewatched this video recently? No. They've done. It's still groundbreaking. It was a, it was like a classic Gen X video because they, they brought in Happy Days and they made the whole video around that. The part that I always remember though, and then it, always, it looked bad in real and at that time, and then when you rewatch, it's like, whoa, they had like a stunt double Fonzie doing a doing dance the dance, at the end. yeah, doing the Fonzie. <laughs> yeah, that's upsetting. He's like a, and it's like jacked black guy. <laughs> it's like it looks nothing like Fonzie. that's a young Terry Crews. <laughs> uh, but it is one of the great '90s videos, and I think. The reason I think it's the most popular Weezer song is not only is it a huge radio hit, it was by far their biggest MTV hit. It was their biggest, I mean, it was their first It was single. their first big, huge hit, crossover hit, everything. But uh, Rivers just did an interview recently where he, people were asking him about the Blue Album and Pinkerton and about how like fans regard those as like their best albums and, you know, that's the best. They are. And that's the best that they've ever done. And his response was like, well, yeah, but our most popular songs are not on those albums. Like Beverly Hills I was is just their about, most popular song. I was just about to say. Which is weird to think about. A guy I'm friends with on Facebook. That's a bad song. A guy it's I'm not friends a good with. Song. A guy I'm friends with said, 
that he's he, he's a diehard Weezer fan too. He goes to a lot of their shows, and that Beverly Hills is always the one that everyone in the crowd sings along to the most yeah, knowledgeably. Somehow that became. But then think about that. That's just the people who got into them right. like a little right. bit after us. Right. So also, um, fuck both you guys for being wrong and telling <laughs> me to fuck myself. But um, I agree that that's obviously a way better song than Beverly Hills, and that's the one that like broke Weezer out into the world. Uh, I stand by it though because it's the you most. You stand by your fuck you to me. Yes, because I, th- I still separate think... of this conversation, I stand by okay. fuck Bob to <laughs> their to their credit. Just like the last podcast, we talked about a brand Green Day, also who broke out in '94 that appealed to multiple generations because they had two hits like ten years apart. So Beverly Hills is the most popular song of the aughts for them. So it's a different generation. Hmm. The 94 generation, Buddy Holly is, but time will remember them for Buddy Holly more than... I think you're I right. Ho- I hope you're right. And I think, I think you got to keep in mind, like, access to music once streaming and shit was like pop, you know what I mean? Like, and da- illegal downloads. Mm-hmm. Like, Blue Album predates that stuff. Uh, and you a little bit, at least for me, in my mind. And and then it's like Beverly Hills, it just it probably got spread wider faster. And we were like excited that Weezer was back. So it was like oh, I let's remember that. Play this. Yeah. I loved yeah. Pinkerton when it came out. I remember giving money I, I remember giving twenty dollars cash to a girl that worked at a Tower Records in school to when she had to work that night and was gonna buy me Pinkerton and bring me back the change wow. and the C D. If you want to wow. talk about pre Amazon days, you get one of the Barone twins to take care of you like that. <laughs> um, we, we used to have a dude who just stole albums from the wall. Oh, that was his thing. That, that was, was his thing. thing. Was Until he got caught. He uh, would walk in his uh, giant walking hammer costume and they'd be like, Wrong <laughs> the wall, buddy and he would like then steal a CD. <laughs> that um interview I just read about Rivers Cuomo, he said that they've never been popular with the cool kids in their whole career. When their first album came out, they were kind of younger people like them, like like twelve year olds love them. And then when Beverly Hills came out, all the people that loved them were like young kids, which would make them what is this twelve years later? Would make them in their mid to late twenties now. Um, that's what they've been able to do their whole career is like be able to pick up young fans. And that's why they're still touring. And lose and old fans career. along the way. Right. They blo- yeah, but you know what? Now, the weird thing that happens when you hook a, a fan, like Bob, you're a perfect example, as a Weezer fan in 94 when you were 14, you'll stick with them forever. Uh, well, I, 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 they lost me, but now I'm back. But yeah. you're always kind of there. Still. I will say, I, no, I no, remember. They really, they're actually a band that really lost me. I think I didn't even like the album that has Hurley on the cover. I don't I've even think I even like it. clicked on it. No one's ever listened to that album. The Hurley, yeah, that's actually that never happened. That album. Like the White Album and, and or Maladroit was like the last album that I was like, well, I'm going to listen to this. Which which one, whichever one came first? It was Green and then Maladroit. I think when Maladroit was the last album and then that Make I was, believe uh, was the beginning of the end. Like right. Make Believe had a couple of good I songs. I think Maladroit was literally the last album that I said. Let me check out right. the new Weezer album. Let's then, now go back in time. My favorite alternative nation Weezer song. And this is their first single, right? Yep. First Let's single. Let's As we go into a guitar song. This was a single before okay, the Hey, man, we're going to a party later. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. They have skits on their album. <laughs> it's like Wu-Tang. Yeah. Yeah, this paved the way for all those hip-hop skits. 
They were the grown trendsetters. Yeah, this is this was their first single, but it definitely didn't cross over. It was like right. an alternative nation hit, like right. Dan said. Do you remember who directed the video? Do you remember the video? I don't remember the video. They were in a laundromat or like a just a laundry room. They were just in a big studio with like a backdrop. Well, I'm thinking them. of a, a, a later song. Yeah, it side. was like a very like lo-fi video. Like they were just there playing, and at the very end, a bunch of dogs run out. Like and that's all the video is, and Spike Jones directed it. Right. So that was like he their, also directed uh, Buddy Holly. Yes. So that was like their intro to the world, and it was like a weird. It's a weird song. Like the chorus is so good, but then there's no verses. They were just like we're just going to talk about going to a party. It's like Matt Sharp and somebody just right. talking. Right. Yeah. And it's like it's a tough thing to. I can't believe this is the first single because, like, how do you get into this? Of when you once you know the full album, you're like, no other like, Surf Wax America, Buddy Holly, My Name Is Jonas. None of these songs hit first. Right. Holiday is like catch like catchy as garbage. You could you could sell that as a pop song easily. Yeah, I think it's Did you say like, catchy as garbage. Yeah, as Shirley Manson. <laughs> <laughs> See, it makes sense. I think I meant to say catchy ass garbage. Oh. Um, <laughs> That is one of my favorite Weezer songs. I love that. I saw them uh, do that on the Pinkerton tour. It was like the second or third concert I ever went to in life. And it was like Rivers was going through a rock star phase where he had like long hair and he was like rocking out. And instead of the um, talking part, they had like dudes rapping on stage. It was like insane. It was like so much fun. And then they just like. That kind of sounds regrettable, potentially. Like. No, it yeah. was fun. It was this like, is the band like, I've seen the most in my life. Like, How many really? times, How have, many you times have you seen them? I like it's got to be seven or eight. Yeah, I, I wish I can remember specifically. I I saw them two nights in a row. Once in Rose uh, in Roseland, and then the next night in Albany. Look at you! Yeah, you followed them to Albany. My freshman year of college, and let let me take a minute to tell you this story. You had to be in college to do that. Yeah, because like, there's yeah. some layers here. Fre- uh, freshman year of college, we're all huge into Weezer, of course, because I'm, I'm go I go to Marist College, a white Catholic school. Um, <laughs> the Marist Red Foxes, the Red Foxes, baby. Ho- uh, the Dunking Dutchman, Bill O'Reilly, and then John Gabers are the three most famous <laughs> people to graduate. Well, from don't that. leave out Rick Smiths. Right. Well, the Dunking Dutchman. That's who I said. Oh, 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 I didn't know that Rick Smiths had a nickname. <laughs> I mean, sit that's what down. we talked about at Marist. Bill O'Reilly is the most famous uh, Marist grad. I played. Uh, Real quick aside, um, our high school team, uh, we played one game at Marist. It was like some tournament. And looking up at the rafters and seeing the Smiths jersey, it humbles you. It's pretty baller. <laughs> Can I do an aside to the aside? Yeah, please. When well, we, went, we don't even actually ever get back to No, I want to get back. When we went to – so our high school, we were probably an hour and a half away from Marist. We went there our senior year as one of these like, hey, check out these colleges. See if you want to go there. And while we were there, we were hanging out on campus, getting the tour – and a dude came up to you, Dan, right, and said, because I remember this. If you don't, you're looking up at the sky. So far, no good. A guy came over and was like, hey, you know why? You know what they call the school? Mattress. Mattress. Yeah. Because everybody gets laid. It's true. And then you told me that, and it was like, we have to go to Mattress. Wait uh, a second. I have no memory of I that. remember that clearly. We called it Mattress College, uh, Marist Bed Foxes, Marist <laughs> Head Foxes. And also Harvard on the Hudson. Like I almost well, went more to Marist importantly, was that. it true, dude? I'm not gonna lie. I'm sure everyone. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's like at my college. Everyone got laid, but I talked to some friends. My co- these are Catholic girls. 
who are going away to college and they're all they're marketing going, they're PR and elementary ed majors. These are the type of women that are looking to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that, sorry, but communications and elm and education are just two groups of women who are like, I'm here to fucking smash beers. <laughs> I look hot in jeans and a t-shirt and I'm I'm looking to fuck. I mean, out. in my life to this point, the only time cuz I forgot that was it was the uh, movie PCU when it was like uh, tonight at the pit. Everybody, everybody gets, gets laid. laid. <laughs> I can't, so believe, that ha- they, they I can't believe that happened to you. And I remember it. Like, <laughs> that is pretty yeah. sick. Low key how depressing Bob's life is. Right. One of my favorite memories is something someone said to Dan on a college. <laughs> you didn't say it was one of your favorite memories. I'm projecting. No, but it is. Though, you're right. but, um, all right. Your story, John. Uh, we went to go see Weezer and Rosalind with a group of my friends from college. We all got tickets, right? We were like, I'm going. Oh, me too. All right, we'll get tickets we all take the train all the way down party we're freshmen we're so excited my best friend the aforementioned sanford we go to see he's white uh, he's white we uh we go to his nickname in high school was welfare terrible uh because his family was on welfare <laughs> good we Long go Island. to see weezer at roseland it's a blast i buy a women's weezer t-shirt that's like crop top and i wear it the whole concert i'm just fucking losing my mind <laughs> I know full well I'm going to SUNY Albany to see them the next day. Spent sleep that night at Maris. Sanford sleeps in my house. He goes to New Paltz. We get in the car together. We drive up to go. Our, two of our friends go to SUNY Albany. We're, you, you know when you're a high school senior, you're like, we're definitely all visiting each other. And then like sophomore year, you're like, my college is better than any. And you go like <laughs> yeah. once a semester to visit someone else if 10 of your friends will go with you. But like in, high, in freshman year, you're like, we got to go to SUNY Albany and see Dove. We go to see our friend Dove, uh, Italian, quote unquote, no, major Jew. We go to uh, <laughs> we go to see him. At, we go to see SUNY. Uh, we go to see Weezer at the fucking Pepsi Arena rocking concert we force our friend matt into a uh crowd surf uh against his will non-consensual crowd surf we just pick him up and put him on a crowd he lost both of his shoes that night me and sanford go back to our friend dove's apartment sanford gases like as a bit you know when your mom would come visit you in college she'd bring like a pallet of soda Sanford like slid under the bed and drank like 20 mini <laughs> apple juices like <laughs> Matt Mott's apple juices and the next morning we're driving home uh, we're fucking laughing about how crazy the Weezer experience was can't believe we drank all the sodas Sanford's like ah, I don't feel great whatever and I'm like oh that's wild man uh, car breaks down we have to get fucking towed we're getting towed but on the top of a flatbed and the driver's like just stay in the car we're in Sanford's car on top of oh, a no. flatbed Listening to Weezer, we go through a toll booth, and the toll booth worker's like, hey, we're just <laughs> waving. We have the windows down. We're like on the roof of this. We're on the back of this car. We get home, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I still feel kind of like shit, man. I'm like, hey, well, let's go home and rest up. Don't hear from him for three days. His mom calls me, and she's like, John, Sanford's first name is Brian. He's like, Brian's in the hospital. He's in a coma. He has viral meningitis. He got it. In the last couple of days Oh my god Or bacteria Whichever one's the worst one Bacteria One in your brain Yeah yeah And and he's he's in a coma We don't know what's going on When was the last time You were with him I was like I was with him for 48 straight hours Sharing Joints Drinks Everything And she goes You need to contact Everyone you saw And tell them They need to take uh, The antibodies I was like we went to Roseland and then the Pepsi Arena in 48 <laughs> oh, hours. No. SUNY Albany has like the fucking panic. We, everyone goes crazy and we have to all pop these pills. My best friend is in a fucking coma. Jeez. But he it, he went into the coma on the drive home to New York. 
uh, so he was in the local hospital in Poughkeepsie, Vassar Brothers. So I was visiting my fucking best friend, Pat, like for, in a coma for six days after a weekend of weeks. So, is he okay? so there's like, yeah, he's okay now. He says he has slight dyslexia, is like a holdover from like, the, yeah, he has like uh, some reading comprehension issues. I'm, I'm speaking on his behalf way too much, wow. but. That like Weezer will always hold this place in me where I was like we rocked out for forty eight hours then I thought I was gonna lose my best friend. Wow, yeah. um, this is the weirdest song to kind of casually start playing underneath that story. Yeah, let's listen to Surf Wax America. One of the two songs that hits me right in the heart. Behind the curtain here, by the way, you guys clearly use the sounds ups of music to chug beers. <laughs> oh, every time. I'm watching that, you're like, yeah, let's listen to this song for a second. The second this is, both of you go like, <laughs> yeah, all right. It's, 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 <laughs> all right, let's mute it. Let's talk about it. It's, it's me, Casey Casey. It's a problem. <laughs> um, Sorry, Bob, you were about to say something. I, well, I was going to say, as somebody who's seen them in concert a lot, I've only seen them maybe three or four times. You've seen them yeah. more. That song, this song. Is I, I would say the number one like fan song that people get excited about. Right, I think and it, I think really? it's because there's yeah. like there's like two and a half minutes of unbroken power riffs. Yes, in this song where it's just like right. throughout like and you could just scream sing over it and you, no vocals can be heard. And then it, then it kind of slows down right yeah. here and, and then, then everyone when it kicks is back like in, fucking you just like yeah. lose your mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my uh, bar. I went to get a haircut today. My barber who actually he told me he was in like a. Popular punk band that toured on the Warp Tour. I have to do some research. Wait, what was the name of the band? Um, I think it was not Firecracker. <laughs> it better not be Firecracker. Something. Wasn't like Firecracker that. the band that won uh, the like Tinder Sticks? Tinder Sticks is who I'm thinking <laughs> of. Is that like the making the of VH1? The, making, yes, exactly. Yes. The Battle of the Band show. Tinder Sticks is um, who I was thinking of. That's so funny. I don't know. <laughs> he was saying he just got married, and his wife had decided that, uh, and him had decided we need to see some of these famous artists before they disappear so they've been seeing a lot of like veteran older artists i think weezer's gonna be around for a long time yeah what um, a year not to see but Petty i've never seen bowl. weezer i would love to see them in concert are they touring regularly i think they are yeah they, they still yeah tour, they yeah. still tour where so let's go i got I, we should all go, I go i'm gonna again. put this on bob though because we've been living here for like seven or eight years where's the hey weezer's in town let's go let's do it yeah, Bob. What's going on, Bob? Fuck you, Bob. Fuck Here we you, are Bob. again. Fuck, Fuck you, Bob. Buddy Holly was their biggest hit. <laughs> this song you can is stick Beverly Hills up your great. ass. This song is great. You take your car to work, and I'll take my board. And I was a surfer, and this will, and uh, the back half of this sentence will come up later. I was a surfer, and I played D and D all through high school. These are two th like this yeah. album spoke this album to me was on specifically. For oh, you. and I had w women issues and. <laughs> Father issues and uh, and you would go up to girls and be like, you better laugh for no one else. Yeah, and I would way. always get my sweat. Someone would pull one thread of my sweater. It's so weird how that would happen too. That was weird. I never did get invited to parties though. <laughs> <laughs> that's also well, that's not weird. This fucking song. Ugh. This is the song I sing at karaoke and ruin anyone else's time while we're This is a tough one. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, let's listen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Inside. This is the best Weezer song. Say it ain't so. Who says right. I'm wrong? I think you might be right. I'm not gonna argue it. Beverly Hills is your Beverly choice. Hills is obviously <laughs> number Fuck one. Fuck you, Bob. <laughs> Get Bob out of the garage. No. no I, I will say this is maybe the best Weezer. The song. only the only thing the only negative I could say about the song is that I can't I've heard this song more than any other Weezer song. And you don't know the lyrics at all. <laughs> No, it's just like it's not only was it like a big hit, but it's like one of those songs where before it was a big hit or even after it was a big hit, you're listening to it constantly. And then it was on Rock Band years later and it's on the radio constantly. Yeah, it's kind of been played out. Yeah. And like I could still I'm still enjoying listening to it. But at the time, like when it came out, it was such like a weird single. I mean, I always said um, the sweater song was a weird single. But this was also like not a normal single. No, for and I think that's what I liked about Weezer so much was that it was like, <coughs> excuse me, there was poppy songs, there was weird songs. Yeah, this song is like, I remember like it feels very drama heavy to me. You know, like this bottle of Steven. Yeah, you know, like that shit just fucking gets into you, and you're like, from here on out, that this part of the song out is just like. Do you not think this is a great? I mean, no, I love. No, no, song. I mean, no, no, in terms not. of like a sensical uh, single, it makes sense. Even this is right out of the Nirvana handbook of like very quiet and then giant loud chorus. Yeah. It's like it's almost like the perfect Weezer song to me. It's like I'm quiet, I'm sensitive, I'm a nerd, and then I have this I have, explosion yeah. inside <laughs> me, explosion inside me. Well, I guess it's like the perfect sense. Weezer I guess song. Like going back to what John was saying, like there are so many like poppy songs on this album, like in the context of the album. It's a strange. I guess what you're saying makes sense, but it Wait, felt weird. This is weird the best part the of the song. Hold you're right. Hacky sack, hacky sack time. Now, be honest. Would you guys have as much fun doing this podcast as if we just got together, you guys and a rotating guest, <laughs> got together one hour a week, played music from your childhood, and drank? <laughs> like this is like yeah. I, I'm, I'm realizing like I'm like I don't even want to talk anymore. I just want to play this album total right. and just have us sing awfully. The talking but imagine does ruin that it. was the podcast you put out was like three non-singers <laughs> sing over your favorite songs. This is the uh, the album. This is the video where they're in a laundromat, and then there's the hacky sack. Yes. As I recall. Yes, yes. Yeah, the hacky sack was really cool to see yeah. just dudes playing hacky sack. As hacky a, sack was huge. As a, guy did, who's, as a guy who's pretty good at hacky sack. Did that travel say. to Long Island? Because we were in the suburbs. Oh, we had hacky sack. Yeah. We had hacky sack. I went to Warp Tour when I was a young, a young boy, and I got... Saw some devil sticks and some hacky stuff. Oh, and got, man. Yeah, figure You're it speaking out. my language, bro. Oh, <laughs> and here we go. Here's Guys, the, this song couldn't be more poignant. This is the penultimate track. Oh, this, this is, is my call forward. Gamers nailed it. Here this is your go. call forward. Oh. Look where we are, right here. Master's Guide. Master's Guide. John, kill yourself. I've got Not and Nightcrawler. Kitty Pride, Nightcrawler. He's talking about X-Men. D and D, he talked about surfing two songs ago. Yeah. Now you know Rivers wasn't a surfer, but a D and D guy is way more believable. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Sharp is probably like, 
Hey, you want to talk about surfing a I'll little bit so we don't seem like total queers? <laughs> I'm begging you to talk about surfing yeah. or anything cool. He's like, we're California band. We got some... Wait, or were they California? No, because he's... Yeah, they're California. Right, he just went to Harvard after? After. After yeah. Blue, before Pinkerton. I think out here. They're an L.A. band? I think their studio is still in, like, Echo Park or Atwater or something like that. That's funny because most, like, big popular bands, you know immediately where they're from. Weezer, I can't even place. I think Weezer is. They're an L.A. band. They are the most inconspicuous L.A. band there is. They're on L.A. for being. But that's because they are like sub counterculture is like a hyperbole for them. But they are like nerds. They're like subverting L.A. in that like we sing about surfing in our garages and all that. Yeah. Well, Rivers was like a metalhead who was also this big geek. Where did he grow up again? I I think I think they've yeah. usually with me and this is a major rock band of the last 30 years. You know the origin story. You know what I mean? Right. Weezer, the, I don't. E- I know he went to Harvard. I, I know get, he got crazy. That's the thing. Like yeah. the story really you know picks he up half Japanese really girls because they he do it to him Harvard, every time. And he got the surgery to lengthen his leg, his bone. Yeah. Right. Well, here's yeah. what here's what I'll say, and I think maybe this is the answer to why we don't know this much. Weezer is one of those bands, one of those pop culture phenomena. That the more information you hear about them, the less you like them. Like literally everything I I remember learning about <laughs> Rivers Cuomo when I was younger and going, I don't like him. I like him less. <laughs> I like him less. Oh, he's super weird about women. He's super weird. And like I kept just losing respect. And I and then I eventually one was like, leg shorter than the other. Right. But and it was also like it was more about like I didn't care that he had one leg shorter than the other. It bothered me that he cared. That he cared. I was like, dude, you're a fucking like owning this dork world. Just be the dork. And then it's like. To choose to go to Harvard after the fact, and then it's like writing all these songs about loving Japanese people, and then dating a Japanese and majoring in Japanese, marrying cult. a Japanese yeah. girl he barely knew, divorcing yeah. a Japanese. Oh, right. divorcer? I think so. Yeah, but it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, dude, I don't want to know this about you. I kind of like, you know, it's kind of like with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, wait, it all ties back. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Um, but that one- song was one of my favorites at the time, and I didn't even play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I just loved that song. I mean, it has pop culture references in it, which not a lot of songs it felt like did because it is kind of could right. be argued that it's tacky or hacky or wacky i don't know why i said three rhyming words there. <laughs> <laughs> it, just it could be argued that like it has a little hacky to bring up pop culture references in songs but this one really paints a picture it's D D. it's x-men it's kiss it's kiss, dangerous yeah. to bring up pop culture references in a song because 10 years later it, doesn't it instantly really dates so good it anymore. Yeah. It still works yeah um, the day the music dies makes no sense to me I de- yeah, exactly. Who are these know. guys? Who cares? Uh, Is this about Aaliyah's plane crash? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Left Eye? Um, I didn't really. I knew everyone like grows up. Oh, Dungeon! If you do Dungeons and Dragons, you're a nerd. I was never like didn't know front row and center until when I started in college in Boston in 2000 when I transferred and I got uh, paired up with random people and there was one upperclassman and he had his own room. He was a fucking total nerd. He was kind of an asshole, so I don't feel bad about it. A piece of shit, dude. One day I come in Friday night, and he's having a Dungeons and Dragons party, which I didn't know that it was a real thing. But it was like him and a bunch of other geeks, and they were all around the board, and they had the paper, pencil, dice. Have you guys ever actually seen a Dungeons and Dragons party in action? I've been been playing since I was 13. Wait, take me through it then. This guy does it. Yeah, I do it. I still play every once in a while. Take me through it. Uh, we wouldn't call them parties. We call them campaigns. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you sit down for a campaign, and it's bad start. It, Wait, they're it, called campaigns. It, it turns out it's 
sounds in, and is insanely dorky yeah. until you until poker became super popular. And then it's literally <laughs> poker. It's like just poker. It's you sit around a table with your friends, you play a game that has a complicated series of rules, but there's also an element of personality that helps you be better or enjoy more of the game. That's it's fair. truly poker. I didn't get into poker until like Moneymaker made every white guy get into poker. Um, but or every guy at least my age, I just only knew white guys then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's very similar, and it's like a mind game for nerds, but and it's for theater kids, it's for math nerds, it's for they introverts. Need, yeah, they need you to be the spokesman because the way you put it, they need somebody to step in and say, "No, it's not for nerds." It's basically like a cool. It's better than poker. It's better than poker. It's better yeah. than poker, and like, and you don't lose equal money. to podcasts. But the oh, it's I, it's no more nerdy than podcasts. Yeah, this is it's what, no, what we're just, doing right now yeah. is definitely not cooler than it's, Dungeons and Dragons. No. It's, yeah, oh, this it's is also less excuse, nerdy than Settlers of Catan. It's to like, like yeah. hang out and it's just, a great. It's yeah. really fun, and I I truly I pitch this to a lot of my groups of guy friends. I if. Uh, and groups of friends. You pitch Dungeons and Dragons. I pitch it like Look at you. I, I truly think if a few of us got together, I could run a D and D campaign that you guys would be like, "That was actually a lot of fun." Look at you. Like it's <laughs> especially for That's the people. ambitious as shit, bro. Well, think about like podcasters, people who work in, uh, who are writers or improvisers, all that are actors. It's a lot of those things that you like about like talking and taking points of view and making decisions, you know, an escape room is D and D light. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's exactly what that is. It's like collaborative teamwork. It's less imaginative, uh, D and D because you need to like act the stuff out. Instead, it just all happens here. I, I, I can, I can give you the pros of D and D and how I think it made me into the, performer you know, what would make Rivers Cuomo so happy. Actually, I would have, Put a pass for Rivers Cuomo. Nothing will make him so Somehow <laughs> quick listening to this. this is I the, would not be stunned. This is the second most persuasive argument I've ever heard from a guy from Marist. <laughs> the first one being, that? hey, Dan, they call <laughs> mattress. You overhear it, it. Jacking off in the bathroom. I didn't even hear Dan, it. did you hear him? Bob, leave me alone. This is the first first-hand thing I've ever heard from a guy. You're going to love the song Beverly Hills someday. <laughs> But I do think if Rivers Cuomo heard this podcast, I'm saying it's like 12% chance. Only because it's Rivers Cuomo. Who knows what that guy's doing? He's going to be pumped that you just made a persuasive argument in the favor of Dungeons and Dragons. I will say Rivers Cuomo, I think, follows me on Twitter. So maybe, I, right, can get, maybe I can get Look, him to listen You guys were shitting on Rivers Cuomo. I, I love him. I didn't shit on him. <laughs> now we're all panicked. I never shit on him. I, I actually said if you ever wanted to develop a TV project, I, I would be glad to do it. I love him <laughs> to the point when I was waiting tables at TGI Fridays in the summer of the year 2000. My fake TGI Fridays name was Rivers. Oh, River was the name I wanted so bad. I didn't want to pluralize because I thought that was weird. No offense, Kwame. No offense, RC. I was more a River Phoenix guy. Let's listen to this. The final track, Holiday. It's Sandy and Sally, right? Did we do Sandy and Sally? We missed one song, right? Only in Dreams. That's the song. They're all ten, though, right? So, John, we haven't talked about this yet. Every album, as, as an avid listener, one of the 16 million listeners of our podcast, you know, every time we listen to an album, we pick one song to add to our Spotify playlist. Ooh. And when we have a guest on, it's really on you, bro. You have to decide what we're going to put on a playlist that includes luminaries like the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, 
the White Stripes, Robbie Williams. So it's like a really hot live. <laughs> so we need you. Do, do I pick a song from this album? It's got to be from this album to um, go side by side with some of the greatest songs of our generation. Oh, like shit. Rolling Thunder, Chasing the Wind. <laughs> uh, yes, that is the ninth track on them, the final track. Uh, so keep that in mind, John. A lot of pressure on you to add to the playlist that 17 million people. Well, I think download. I think you are setting up your own natural segue here. Why don't we play this song? At least you could put this opening riff on the playlist, right. and it'd be Should worth we listen it. To it? Let's yeah. listen to it. Greatest last song on an album. Fuck you guys. I've been on your side both times. <laughs> last song. It's a great last song. It's a great last song. Only in Dreams is so fucking good. This song is great. This is my this is my pitch for the playlist. You can't resist her. This does what you're talking about, that Nirvana mix of volumes. This song has it too. And that might be. All right, well, I don't want to talk over this the whole time, but. No, go ahead, talk. That's my problem That's in general. Yeah, I'm talk, talking Johnny. over people and songs. What do you got? What do you think? Why is Only in Dreams to you the addition to the Spotify playlist? First of all, it's a fucking beautiful song. Secondly, it has that mix of volume. And you pointing that out about uh, the other uh, previous song and then calling that out about Nirvana. One of my. F- my favorite genre of songs, I would say, is like epic tales. You know, like okay. Down Easter Alexa is like my favorite, like Radio Gaga, or um, what's like the uh, the Mariners, some, uh, what are those, December song that's like the Submariners belief system or some shit like that. I can't. Seattle Mariners fight song? Yeah, it's something. It's, it's literally, it's not. Go Ams. It's, it's something like that. But these songs that tell like these long tales. Right, I know. And you then mean, they, yeah. they kind of are like low key, like, and then Bob and Dan. And then also it's like, Bob and Dan. <laughs> like, that's the shit I love most about music. Yeah. Cobain kind of invented that in right. the 90s. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, even hard, like, uh, all like heart shaped box is like obviously a later single, but like it has that whole thing of like right. d- where you're like get you get lulled into some complacency, and then they're like now fucking and then smash your neck. Listen to dude. every great Foo Fighters song. Yeah, right, Same. exactly. Yeah. Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I told you earlier yeah. was like the song, the first song that clicked to me is like a good song. That's a great example of like we're hit, we're going all over the place right. of like pace, volume, tone, temper, whatever. I think that's like a Pixies thing too. That that's yeah, another band it. I love. Pavement. Yeah, another yeah. band I love has like that. Sort my, of like my only argument for this being on the playlist is, and I'm not going to argue because you're. By the a way, guest. you just said this was the greatest closer of an yes, album, and that is exactly what I was going to say. Yes, is it because this stronger. deserves to be the last song of the playlist. So if this was our last episode, drop the mic. Last song on the playlist makes sense. The way that my name is Jonas is the perfect first song on Ooh. any any mix you would make. This is a perfect last song. I'm swaying. I'm swaying. So I feel like any song that has to follow this, it's going to be a weird. Is your playlist in order? It is. Oh, okay. So because I and we force everybody who listens to it to not click the random button. Yeah, that's actually by force. You may, you may have convinced you may have convinced me to switch. I don't want to convince you anything because I want this to come from your heart. But that would be my one argument against. You're right. It's hard. It's weird to listen to a song after this. 
Yeah, it feels like a last song. Yeah, and not in a way that this is the song. I mean, it's a this song to end all music. It's an eight minute no. song. Yeah. So in the middle of a playlist, maybe it's a little maybe. Hard. And and it's and upon listening to it again, now that I know about uh, the order of the playlist, it's a little low energy to have at in the middle of any playlist. All right. So that it's, that it's, is it's the blue song. album yeah. uh, by Weezer. You still can ride with it. It's whatever you want, bro. You don't have to worry about our playlist. No it's There's your no pick. Pressure. I know, but also kind of put you on the spot. I put a little pressure. I, I, I will say you guys are saying no pressure, but I felt distinct pressure <laughs> one minute earlier <laughs> as you guys kind of hashed out no, how your you playlist guys, works and how well thing. it's been going so you far. You guys work it out between yourselves. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, it would be a great last song, and we're not ending this podcast anytime soon. Um, <laughs> or we might. I, the lawsuit's coming. I will, I will, be, I will gladly shift... I will gladly shift, and I feel weird even putting this song in there, but we were listening to the playlist earlier, right? Is that correct? Yeah, we Is were that, before the I, show, yes. I was enjoying that thoroughly, and I feel like, and now I feel like I'm hacked because Bob convinced me to switch, but I think Say It Ain't So fits better into the playlist. So I'd like to add "Say It Ain't So" officially into the playlist. Bob, is that okay with you? I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, Bob, I don't know the rules. They keep coming out after I make a choice. I was like, hey, as the guest, you decide. <laughs> but I'll tell you whether we're allowed to use uh, that. You decide. Ooh, okay, <laughs> really? All right. Well, we'll figure something out. That would be a good time for you guys to tell me to fuck myself. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, no, no fuck you, you Dan. Bully. <laughs> don't tell me to fuck you, Bob. Fuck you, Bob. <laughs> All right. So there you go. He what was saying ain't so. I, you cannot argue no, with it's that. No, it's so good. It's a beautiful, yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. song. It fits anywhere. Um, John Gabris, the man. What is your Twitter handle again? At John Gabris, no H and John or Gabris. There you go. You can At see John, John Gabris and Flock of Dudes. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's make it all plugs. <laughs> uh, episode 19 of Fifth Quarter. <laughs> Coming soon. Uh, yeah, Gabris. What other is Bob the credits have I been in? Uh, have you seen any Disney pilots? Unaired Disney <laughs> any pilots unaired lately? Disney pilots? He was in that too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, check out Gabers, and of course, check out the High and Mighty podcast. Uh, we will show up there. Uh, you both eventually. have shown up there. We, in the past, and you we now have, will come on together. Got to come back again. Yeah. Uh, and the High and Mighty podcast is. I'm gonna say, it. I, this could get me in a little trouble over at Headgum Headquarters. But they're dealing—they're dealing with absorption of uh, litigation, so they won't hear this. <laughs> yeah, right? The they're best. going head to head with Interscope right yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. The best podcast on Edgar oh, right yeah, there is high. Thank and you. Mighty. Now that Gilmore Guys is no more, maybe you might be right. <laughs> and just—and uh, the quick uh, Cliff's notes. What is the High and Mighty podcast? Because it's a simple, beautifully executed idea. It's self-indul. It's considered self-indulgent in a world in a medium which is considered self-indulgent. Wow. Yeah, it's me talking to my friends about things I want to talk about, um, and it's either a topic we have in common or a topic I want to learn about. But it does run the gamut. I've done a full episode on the uh, on football with Dan. On porn with Bob. Yep. I did an episode <laughs> on Judaism with Adam Pally and Gil Ozeri. Or I've done an episode on General So's Chicken, which I guess is pretty close to Judaism as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've done like three episodes on Taco Bell. I've done Power Hours. I just do shit I like to do and record. The podcast is mostly about Taco Bell. The pod, the subtext of the entire podcast is Taco Bell and my dad has died. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't I don't say it in every it episode. Everything. Yeah, but it's pretty much the undercurrent of all my episodes. So there you go. Check out the High and Mighty podcast. Uh, check out. Our Twitter handle, at ThrowbackPod. You could uh, uh, interface, Bob, with us and also suggest uh, what albums we should cover in the future. Yeah, and go give us five stars on iTunes, assholes. Or go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, so there you go. We, we talked about Weezer twice now. Uh, if, if Bob gets his way, we'll talk about that piece of shit Beverly Hills album down the road. Nope. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening, and we'll be back next Thursday with an all 
new Throwback Podcast. Thank you, and thank you, Mr. Gabriel. Oh, thank you guys for having me. That was a HeadGum Podcast.